0: Welcome to the Practical Futurist Podcast, a bi weekly show all about the near term future with practical advice from a range of global experts to help you stay ahead of the curve. Every episode answers the question what's the future of? With voices and opinions that need to be heard. Your host is international keynote speaker and practical futurist
1: Andrew Grill. Welcome to the Practical Futurist Podcast. My guest today is a return guest, uh, Minta Dahl. Thanks for being back on the show. My pleasure. We're going to talk about something close to your heart and more recently close to my heart, the future of podcasting. Your first episode was November 2010. What got you into podcasting?
2: Well, at the time I, I just left L'Oreal and, and like so many things, I, I wanted to do what was digital. And so I started blogging in 2006 while on the executive committee worldwide. And at the time, it was considered illegal, if not improper, to self-promote, where they considered it self-promotion. In a big company. In a big company. As soon as I left, I'd been listening to podcasts. I'm like, well, why don't I try this out? And so in a very amateur manner, I started podcasting. I actually believe my first ones uh, were right after I left and were done in French at the time I was in Paris. Really? So I started podcasting and uh, I wanted to explore what it's like and, and, and then be little by little hone not just the technical aspects but my interviewing skills.
1: I remember years ago in Adelaide I was offered to be on the university radio station and they had a slot that was 3 in the morning and I <laughs> declined that. But I'm, I always look back to think what would have happened if I'd actually taken up the offer so now I get to do that because essentially podcasting is a radio show, really.
2: Yeah. Well, that's why I used to... Yeah, first of all, that would have become... You might have become a night owl.
1: Um, <laughs>
2: but secondly, I used to start off a podcast, the word, seems seemed so gauche. And do you so- know where the... Where the word came from? Well, it, I think the lore basically says it's it's um, the difference in a broadcast and uh, I don't know, the pod, pod is probably from the iPod, 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 yeah. And so the broadcast iPod, and that's how it probably came together. So, what do you get out of podcasting? All right. So the very first and most important thing is I learn. So I I seek out individuals who I think are interesting, done mm. something. And They don't need to be grandiose people. They they just I think if you get your listening skills turned on Everybody you can learn from mm. so I I seek out people that I'm interested to hang out with and by the nature of recording Inevitably the other person feels like they need to show up And so then in that moment you get to learn stuff yeah. they you're just not gonna come with your B game. We well, don't want to come with your B games so Because you're, Cause you're on mic. Everyone's gonna hear what you're saying. That's it. Do you think podcasting has replaced blogging? Well, I, I think that blogging certainly has come under pressure. And so, you know, I, for having blogged for so long, I can see that the volume of, of people listening and commenting or reading and commenting is, has declined. And so podcasting is competing with blogging in terms of getting our attention span. Will it, Has it replaced? No. I, I think that there's still a, a place for writing and reading and commenting. Uh, But I do think it's a really interesting avenue for individuals, authors, of course, but also companies. Why do you think now is the time for podcasting? I think it has been the time to podcast for quite a while. Uh, I think that people are now becoming more accustomed to the idea of podcasting. Mm. There have been certain podcast shows that have really generalized the ability, like Serial in the United States, or your pet show down in Australia. And and so you've, you've, you've seen the major media companies create more regular, well-produced podcast shows that are consumable on your time. And Mm. so that convenience factor, the more seamless experience of downloading it, that it's now come around as opposed to where it was in the beginning, has made it easier. And yet there's still plenty more room to grow. So now maybe because there's still plenty more room to grow, yet I would say that you shouldn't just launch a podcast for the sake of doing a podcast, which is what I did at the beginning. Because mm. uh, I was just in the experimental mode. If you do a podcast, you, ha- you should be thinking about it as a long-term engagement, just like blogging in the day. And you want to think about why you're doing it. Because, by the way, it takes energy, effort, yeah. Resources. yeah and so if you're going to do it you better be aware of why you're doing it and that's going to help you get up and do it do you think podcasters will become the new influencers when we've gone we've got fatigue from these
1: Instagram influencers and brands realize they're not getting anything out of it do you think podcasters will step up to have that level
2: of authority I think I think it depends on the platform that you have there's there's definitely uh, you know obviously major podcasters where you have 30 40 million people downloading it every week, mm. yeah, that's that's significant influence. Getting on their shows, by the way, good luck. Really? Yeah. Well, of course, because Joe Rogan, Sam Harris yes. and so on, yes. you, you'd love to be on their show, but mm, it's going to be difficult because they're much more selective and, right. and and they're much more aware of their influence now. the beginning when you were an influencer, it was sort of kind of fun, oh, I've got a million followers and so on. And it become much more sophisticated and much more demanding. And ultimately, the thing about podcasting, which is interesting, is that it's hard to hide. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can manicure a beautiful photograph on Instagram. Yeah. You can cut and paste, delete, re-edit a blog post. But it's a whole lot harder for you uh, as the podcast Producer in this case to edit Minter. So, what's coming out of my mouth with the emo- emotion, the intonations, you as a listener are much more capable of detecting bullshit. But I think also for
1: the podcaster. Uh, they are on show. If they're not an expert, it'll come out. And if you're having a conversation like we are, and I'm just sitting here nodding and and saying that's nice, next question, without actually being involved in it, I think that's what draws people in. Because and the reason why I'm doing a show with guests rather than just me, no one wants to hear my voice. I want, as I say in the intro, these are
2: voices that need to be heard. Well, that's kind. And I, I, yet, yeah, I think that what's interesting, Andrew, is that more you know. As a podcaster, it also can create a much better environment and conversation. And so, by the nature of the questions you're asking, you, of course, in my opinion, demonstrate knowledge because you know, and it also demonstrates who you are as an individual. Mm-hmm. They they get your vibe, and and by the way, they're going to hire you as a speaker, so <laughs> they better want to listen to what you say. But I think that there's there's this uh, this rawness to it that makes it in the in the intimacy of the ear a really interesting medium in order to to vehicle messages.
1: You mentioned before about what brands and companies can do. I've started to listen to a few branded podcasts.
2: Do you think that's the next area that brands can really explore? It really depends on what they're trying to achieve. So if in their strategic overview and imperatives, they have a specific need, maybe podcasting is the answer. Podcasting is not necessarily what needs to be done. Mm. And so if you feel that you have an engagement, I would say even in B2B, it's probably far more interesting in a B2B environment where you have specific shared expertises within the business that Mm. you're operating Mm where you you will get experts in the interest of long form podcasts can be of real interest. And yet on the other side, you know, there are various formats for podcasting, whether it's sort of bite size, two to five minutes, you got the 15 minute slot, you got 20 minute commute, you got the 45 minute jog, you got the one and a half to four hours, you know, people who just like to spend their time, in a constant uh, audio manner, maybe while they're ironing or doing other activities. Uh, Anyway, so there are many formats. And so what are you trying to achieve type of audience? And I think the the key point then is to think about it as a long-term ambition, because by the way, at the beginning, for the most part, you're gonna get very few people listening. Getting people accustomed to you, understand the type of audience or the the different types of uh, people you have on the show, get them coming along on a regular basis, you need to do this regularly and have constant interesting conversation, of course. Now, you do a weekly format. How does it work in terms of production time and effort that you've got to put into that? All right, so my, my general idea is to have a 30-minute type of interview. When you add in the post-production, the, the pre-roll and the post-roll, it all ends up to around about 35 minutes. I inevitably have to do the interview, and then I have to listen to the whole interview at the end to make sure that it's all good. So... From the time I find, set up, do the interview, post-production, I think every show takes around three hours because I also have the show notes and everything yes, else. I yes, put yes, yes. Um, have you got a favorite guest you've had on? Well, the one that comes to mind is um, a doctor, Jack Kreindler. Uh, I would characterize Jack as an incredible polymath. He lives in London. He, he operates on late-stage cancer and does it, on top of that, does surgical operations at high altitudes. Oh wow! He's a high performing athlete himself and, and also does medicine for high performing athletes. So he has this combination of things that he pulls together. On top of that, he's an entrepreneur with a lot of things. Anyway, so I could have gone on for hours with Jack. A second person who's coming up is um, a professor of sleep. Oh, wow. Who was one of the first people ever to teach sleep. He's a PhD in sleep, behavioral psychology, and he was from Stanford and he taught for one semester, one course at Yale. And because he had been taught by a guy called Bill DeMent, who's the sort of godfather of all sleep. Anyway, Mark Rosekind is his name. And he went from being a sleep teacher to training astronauts on how to sleep, to being on the board of the FTSB, which is the Federal Tra- Federal Tra- Transport and Safety Board yeah, yeah. in the United States, to running NITSI. And now he's doing a startup on the autonomous vehicle. Anyway, that kind of a personality I could just eat up every day.
1: How do you find guests like that? That's, he sounds amazing. How do you find someone like that and find them constantly every week?
2: Well, not only... It's a challenge finding them is pinning them down yeah because yeah. this is the challenge and I, I and I, I basically I never promise anything big from them but I promise to have an interesting conversation yeah and and so I, I, I you know when I when I write on my blog that I, I, I want to meet interesting people I, I find these people I tag them down and then I do everything I can to get in their wheelhouse and and Attract them on. What should podcasters avoid? Are there things that they shouldn't do. If you're insincere or inauthentic about doing it, that's that's a no-starter. Um, I, I think that you should avoid being too amateur in the production. Mm-hmm. I think we've now gotten to a more sophisticated level. And if you have a, a crummy recording device and the sounds not good, people are going to switch off. They they have so much choice now out there that you can uh, you know you'll get get tired of it. If you're going to do it. Don't do it just for uh, and fizzle out. Think mm. about it strategically. Yeah, figure out why you're going to do it over a year. Maybe think about the types of guests you want to have on. If you're going to do guests, you might be just desire to do individual, and and make sure you're clued in heavily into why you're doing it. If you're if you're not clear on that, then don't start. Yeah, good point. What's the last podcast you listened to? So I, I listen to the Daily actually this yeah. morning. Yeah, uh, which is done by the New York Times and and does a nice twenty minute more or less in-depth, if you can call it in-depth, a review of some kind of news item. There's so much that's going on that's of interest. Uh, I would like to suggest listening to Sam Harris's podcast. It um, used to be called Waking Up With Sam Harris. Now it's called Making Sense. He, he, amongst other podcast luminaries in the United States, are using the platform, I think, very intelligently. Now they're trying to monetize it, but it really is about having long-form conversations with conflicting opinions in a civil manner. Mm. And by demonstrating civility in, in argument, I think it's a, a brilliant example. He's, he's part of this, what they call in America, broadly speaking, the intellectual dark web. Make that, and they use a lot of podcasting, Joe Rogan, uh, Jordan Peterson, the spiners, mm. uh, a lot of interesting people. Uh, some of them swing a little bit too right, but there's an no idea. I was listening to one on the train yesterday up to Cambridge for a speaking gig.
1: I just came across it called 13 Minutes to the Moon from the BBC. And they basically look at T-13 and every episode is one minute closer... To what goes on, and the guy that produced it actually had some affiliation with NASA, so he's got access to um, all the people that are still alive involved with the mission. Uh, I've only listened to the first one, but it's just a really interesting to literally slice
2: those minutes up into thirteen episodes. It's yeah. it's it really it grabs you. Well, it shows you that there's a sophistic a growing sophistication in the way we're doing podcasting. Uh, a friend of mine from sh- from, from Australia, uh, Siobhan McDermott, she has really uh, enlightened me to the opportunities within audio because while we have just the mics and the voices here, there are also sound effects and mm. silence and, and different ways you can play with the mind and the listening with this little pod in your ear that are, are getting much better. And there's some brilliant uh, investigative podcasts that can bring you in maybe from a more morbid standpoint, when you're talking about the murder, as in the, uh, the pet show, What was what, called the pet teacher, yeah, yeah, teacher's and
1: that, pet. And that actually spawned a, a, a
2: case, a legal case in Australia. It's quite famous. Oh, absolutely. We're still pending yeah. because it's still going on. But you know, those are interesting ones. There's another one called Sex, Death, and Money, and that's an interesting one by NPR in mm. the United States. But at the same time, it's cultural. It's not just, you know, a triple X type of thing. It's, it's really looking at the human being and, and the, the types of conversations they have are, are quite long form and, and I think cultivating. And, you know, if we, if we can also aerate our minds and, and learn to listen and understand different people, that's also interesting. How do you discover new podcasts? And, and when you do, do you subscribe or you just, just search? so i the most my podcasts i will discover because i'm always talking about them from other people and what i do is i write them down and i tip or if i my phone's out i'll immediately subscribe because otherwise i forget mm. i would say that i the way i consume podcasting on an iPhone is using overcost. This What's is that? M- it's my my podcasting service, if you right. will, for listening. Okay. As opposed to the iTunes uh, or the the Apple. Is there version. a reason for that? Well yes, because what I like about it is I can organize my podcast to thematics. So I have something like eight themes and I then I organize them in within them. So for example I have news, but I also have empathy or I have marketing or I have AI, new tech and or intellectual dark web culture and these are the different themes that i have and so i according to the type of podcast i then insert them into that and then that's how i start when i want to listen to my podcast what am i in the mood for yeah yeah. what am i going to be doing like am am i running or am i walking am i uh just driving or whatever it is, I, then I, I organize myself through that. that. And overcast is very good for that. We
1: talked in the last podcast with you about AI, and maybe AI will start to learn what mood you're in and recommend, We looks like you're going for a walk, Minty. You should listen to this. Right.
2: Well, I, I think you know, there's, there's so many things that could happen with AI if, if it were well done to help us you know, make our lives a bit more convenient and understand us. Of course, we'd have to be willing to give our data. Correct. And, uh, and sometimes that's a hard thing to do these days. So what three things can people do to start
1: podcasting themselves or for their business? What should they consider? Obviously, why they're doing it. But once they've made that decision, what are the sort of the next three things they can do?
2: Right. So, of course, it depends a little bit on which business we're talking about, how big it is. Uh, Let's assume you're in marketing and working in a company and and you want to do podcasting. Well, the first one is who's going to be in charge of it Mm. because you need to have somebody who's got the the mojo to take care of it. Probably want to have a little bit of a techie aspect to it because there's a lot of fiddling and diddling and, and learning about it. The, um, let's say the second thing is uh, put a budget to it because the idea of the organic, it'll get known and be viral, forget about it. You've got to push it. Like yeah. everything else. Yeah, yeah. And, and that will require some kind of monies for promoting it. I think if you're in a business, you'll need to think that out. And, and that really leads back to if you're doing it, think about why because, you know, nothing for free. And, uh, and then think of it as a, well, generally speaking, think of it in a business as a long-term project, because you're going to make some mistakes, you're going to go through some learnings, mm. get it through. Try not to be perfect. Yeah. Uh, think of it as an experience, an experiment, and, and learn to show who you are through it and be real. What's interesting, certainly with the Apple
1: platform, the first podcast that I've been through this, they have to listen to it to make sure it's not explicit or it's clean. I'm just thinking now, if you're in a business, you've got to ready your legal or compliance people to start listening to your podcast. So rather than reading a document and signing it off, they've got to listen to the whole thing.
2: Well, which brings up another point, which is that if you're in a company and you want to do a podcast, you are best served by having your best, most biggest fans be your internal team. Yeah. Because just like a blog or, or any other thing you're doing, if your team isn't interested in listening to you and or reading what you're up to, then why would a customer be interested? Yeah. And so having them be interested in then relays, getting the word out
1: can be really useful. I just think a lot of companies I've been involved in, you know, that most senior people have had their blogs written for them. It's a bit hard to have a podcast done for you. So if they're going to commit to it and they're going to be the voice or the face behind it, uh, they've really got to do it for real rather than outsource
2: it. Yeah, it comes back to what are you trying to achieve? Mm. You know, if you're trying to achieve, show that you're real, Mm. then you better be on it. If you're just interested in sending out polystyrene messages squeaky clean that are all legally, perfectly this and that, and that's the type of mojo you're on, then go for it, but don't expect a huge return.
1: What about, I was thinking now, an internal podcast. So it's highly confidential, but it's for the company. Do you think there's merit in
2: doing a podcast to do internal comms? Oh, I totally think so. I mean, obviously, if you're in a large company, I mean, if I'm in a consultancy and I don't have an internal podcast, I think I'm up the wrong tree. Aside from anything else, it's showing the type of culture you wanna have. Mm. And it's demonstrating, it's helping to propagate a type of live culture. If you if you wait just for the CEO's speech at the Christmas lunch, you know or or you have the the single conversation at the coffee bar it's this is an opportunity to have a, a, a larger, live, or at least more real mm. demonstration of your culture within a the a
1: organization And I'm thinking, again, if you then have guests on the show and these are your employees, you can highlight some great work and everyone can hear about it. Yeah. I, I don't know why. Well, I don't know because I'm not in a company right now to see a podcast, but I've not heard of internal podcasts. If you're listening out there, you're in a business, start it. But it means you're going to have to set aside time. So the more senior people have got to say, Every week, every fortnight, I'm going to carve out a couple of hours to sit down and record this and research it. Um, and then, as I was saying yesterday, actually, the, the, the reason people, senior executives do this, they have the feedback moment. That someone listened to it and said, that was amazing. Mm. And they go, oh, was it? Yeah. And they keep doing it because they like it other than, oh, I've got to record the podcast this week.
2: Well, let me go back to then another challenge, which is if you were the CEO doing your podcast and everyone says you're great, beware of that feedback loop. Yeah, because they're they're kind of paid to say you're great. Yeah. One other question I would ask though is if you're thinking about doing an internal podcast, why do you want to keep it internal? Well, that's my point. But maybe you start off, and often
1: I've said with blogging, you start internally because you then get some feedback and you get comfortable with it, and then you go, yeah. it's ready for prime time. Right. So we won't talk about the, the the numbers in the podcast, but
2: I want to share my amazing team and yeah. all these stories. Right, I think right. you're right. There, I mean, there's a, there's an interesting question within mm. there, and I do I do think that. You know, if you're going to do something and you want to be transparent, the danger at some level is that you might do some podcasts that people want to share. Well, it'll get out there somehow. you right. It's an MP3. And so, yeah. yeah, be careful. Who should I interview next and why? Find people who've just done books, new books. They are very interested. For some reason, they want to talk about
1: the books. They do. And they mention the word book every three minutes, which yeah. really annoys me.
2: Right. But also be um, looking for people who are diverse. This is the
1: Practical Futures podcast. We've got to leave our listeners with some practical tips they can do next week. What are
2: three things they can do next week to get into podcast? If if it's to be a podcaster, I think you need to make sure you buy a good microphone. I use the Zoom H2 for my roaming recording, but I otherwise use at my desk the Blue Yeti. It costs about 115 pounds. For uh, purposes of making the quality more even, sometimes when the recordings aren't done properly, I use a levelator as, a, as a, an, an easy, but sometimes a little bit too digital method. And, um, and otherwise, listen to other podcasts to sort of gauge which ones you like and yes. why you like them. Yes. And so Overcast is my, my tool that I use uh, to listen to podcasts for my discovery and for my organization and my listening. And and then uh, make sure that um, you enjoy yourself.
1: Minta, another absolutely fascinating conversation. I could talk to you for hours. Thank you so much for your wisdom. Where can people find out more about you uh, and your work and listen to your
2: podcasts? Well, thank you very much, Andrew, for having me on again. I blog at minterdial.com. My podcast, I have my show notes on minterdial.com forward slash podcast. It's available on pretty much every uh, podcast service that you're used to listening to, such as Stitcher or, um, (laughs) I forget them all, iTunes and so on. Basically, my podcast is called Minter Dialogue. Minter, thank you
1: again. Until next time, I'm the practical futurist, Andrew Grill.
0: Thank you for listening to the Practical Futurist podcast. You can find all of our previous shows at futurist.london. And if you like what you've heard on the show, please consider subscribing via your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. You can find out more about Andrew and how he helps corporates navigate a disruptive digital world with keynote speeches and C-suite workshops at futurist.london. Until next time, this has been the Practical Futurist podcast.